Transmission incoming. Well, well, who the Potomac Picture Show? Let's do it. Episode 0061, The Gift of Flashing. You've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae. Call me Blarv if you like. Some people do, and usually it's not a bad thing. And I'm here to tell you this podcast may contain explicit content. What I'm talking about is some language things. Some people like to throw away the four-letter, not throw them away, throw them around. Some people like to throw them away. I don't need this. No one even uses Tallywhacker anymore. I'm going to throw that one away. But I'm going to use I'm going to use cunt a lot more like the British. So we're going to head into the VIP booth at the top of the cantina and get today's show started. I've made it all the way up the stairs. I've ascended, as they say. And here I am in my comfortable booth on my blankets and pillows. It's sort of like a uh, opium den in here. And I've got my sipping beer in front of me. It is called um, Hop... Well, we'll get to what it is in a minute. I haven't tasted it. Joining me across from me, it is the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. She runs the group for how much longer we do not know. Her name is Heathen. Hello. Also probably joining us in about 90 seconds or so, depending on how long it takes someone to park in an apartment complex where the cantina is. Uh, We'll have beer maker Matt in a moment. You know who he is. He likes to make beer. And he likes to be Matt, I think. He's a very self-loving person. So we'll get to that in a minute, and we'll find out. Um, anyway, what, what is my sipping beer, Ethan? This is called Hoppic Thunder. Hoppic Thunder. So Hop- from Great Basin. From Great Basin. Um, we've got a, a deceptively large growler. Got a couple extra ounces in it. and um, It is. It's a tiny little growler that we got from Whole Foods. It's squat and, and it's, fat. Yeah, it's bigger than the other growlers that we have. We Yeah, by like uh, from half an four ounce. Four or five ounces. Well, two to a half, depending on which growler. And then we've got a growler mini that we don't rarely, don't regularly use for anything. When are we going to go out to that one uh, beer place that's in the middle of the, the park that Jay Whitlow always talks about? We should go do that sometime. Or, like tonight, I didn't even want to do the podcast right now because I don't like waiting for people. I wanted to go drink beer. Or rather, I didn't want to drink beer. I wanted to drink some water and go to sleep. But if I wasn't going to do that, I wanted to go (laughs) enjoy a new beer place. I can't be like all these young kids today and drink beer every single time for dinner like Heathen can. Well, she doesn't drink beer. She drinks wine like a a total pagan. (laughs) That's her name. What happened to the little, um... 
growlers uh, that we got from Imbibe. Where did they go? Do we get little growlers from Imbibe? Yeah, the little um, aluminum growlers. Those are refillable. Oh, I threw it away. <laughs> yeah, so I never. Now seen I know this, what happened to them. I never knew what this thing was before. It was called a crowler, and a it's crowler. they have a, a canning machine there, and you can get your beer in a can to go. Like um, you're like not if, supposed to throw it away. Like if you're thinking about the uh, like the camo, the uh, the uh, the you know, like the forties. Kind of like the big mm-hmm. tall forties, the steel reserve. If you've ever had steel reserve, I'm gonna go ahead and put this on pause for a minute because that must be beer maker Matt making his way up the stairs. I hear rumblings in the basement. It's magical, just like you could do magic tricks. You could make people disappear and appear all in audio. Look, and there's Matt. Hi. Wasn't that a good trick? I told everybody. Actually, they heard me say that you were coming up from the cellar already. <laughs> Fan freaking tastic. A magician should never give away his tricks. We should make him wear the mask. No. He gets his own wide eyes wide shut mask. Um, so what was I saying? Um We were talking about no. the crowler. Yeah, we were doing that together. And that time. you threw no, it away. No one cares about that bullshit. I do, because <laughs> that you're not supposed to throw them away. I was trying to talk about how I wanted to go to Beer Nevada and you had to interrupt with all your nonsense. It's not nonsense. Um, I will give an update. Last week we had a caller from Western Warlock, a call from Western Warlock, and he gave us a a clue that we all got wrong. He messaged me and said, you were all wrong, by the way, but I don't remember which movie it actually was. (laughs) (laughs) He said those are Netflix synopsis, by the way. So I texted him earlier today. I said, where's our fucking phone call? He said, I'll message you later. I was like, what do you think? Like, what do you think this is? We're on Hawaiian time? He does have a girlfriend now, so you know how that is. No. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes I know how that is. It just depends on who you're asking. <laughs> oh, and he then. What is your sipping beverage? It's a Sutter Home Oh, it comes in Chardonnay. a full glass bottle this time instead of a box. We're really classing I up the joint. I prefer the box. I really do. Yeah, I prefer the box, too. Because I don't like the glass. The box is much easier to... Box wine has come a long ways. It really has. It affects the taste. Uh, well, it's easier to put the straw in. <laughs> it's more portable. <laughs> the box wine I got for Trainwreck was actually pretty good. It's But again, I'm not that picky when it comes to wine. There's just certain wines I don't like. Like, I just don't like Chardonnay. I don't like Sauvignon Blanc. I don't usually like Pinot Grigio. You do have to admit, though, that the... Glass of Chardonnay that I had. I had one. I don't have to Everybody should be proud of me. I had one glass of Chardonnay at Heritage. And it was really good. Yeah, it was <clears throat> It was a better, one of the better uh, mm-hmm. Chardonnay. I'm, I didn't say it's better. It was just... And it I was kind of fruity. And usually I like it really dry. So. I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was a better Chardonnay. It just appealed to my personal palate more. Mm-hmm. I don't... Because I, I don't like Chardonnay. So if, if there's a Chardonnay that doesn't taste like Chardonnay, and then I'm it'll be like, oh. pleasantly surprised as well. I can drink this. Do you only have one glass? Because it's like $20 a glass. At no. Hmm. No. It was, it was happy hour. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, their house wine. I could have went the full... <laughs> I could have had another glass and it would have put the, us... Right, and where their we house wine to. is always five bucks. They said, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right." As long as you sit at the bar, don't get, don't get. Here's a tip: if you live in Reno, don't hustle them to sit at one of the tables because then you don't get any deals at all. That's probably what happened to Handsome Rob when he got finagled by that girl. Sat at the table, they jack up the prices, and what do you get out of it? 
slow service. They don't offer the happy Not hour stuff. Not even at the a tables? hand job. No. No, there's there's a few. I've worked at places like that that you have to sit in the bar or the lounge to uh, like, get yeah, happy it's like hour. Like DJs when we go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's quite a places. I'm not really sure why they want to pull people into the bar or lounge, but I don't. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. I want happy hour. I'm a big fan. Of All happy day, hour. every day. All right, Heathen. What do we got going? So that was my update from last week about uh, Western Warlock, and um, I don't think I have any other updates. So uh, we still have a secret word to find. And we still have, um, by the way, if you're new to the podcast, anytime you hit, hear a sound about hitting a baby. Uh, that's, that's fine to hit this baby. <laughs> Do you have a sip of beverage, Matt? Not yet. Mm. Let me put this on pause for a moment. <laughs> Look, I did magic tricks again. I made <laughs> beers appear. So what did you select as your sip and beverage? Uh, just a Sammy cold snap. Cold snap. We had a... For Heathen's uh, Christmas in July party, we, we had a bunch of uh, Christmas beers. We were saving our winter seasonal beers. And some of the Belgians will, will say for a while. But it turned out not a whole lot of people were drinking at Heathen's birthday party. Um, they were drinking Limeritas and <laughs> Seagram's. I told my they friend, were, yeah. Kellen, about that. He's like, who the fuck did you invite to Heather's party? And I was like, <laughs> it's like I don't know. Nobody, I, don't, I don't know. People nobody were just, that wanted to drink what we were drinking, apparently. I was just grabbing whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mostly just drink the Limeritas, too, <laughs> just because Hua said, uh, I'm not taking these home, so drink them. And I was like, all right, I'll drink them. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not actually that big of an alcohol snob. As when I was talking about PBR last week, the virtues. And I came up with another virtue of PBR. I was talking about this. Or any utility beer, because some people are just beer snobs. It's good to have a utility beer, because it's one of those ones that, like, if you're sipping on it at night... And you like have it on your bedside table and you don't finish it and it's half full, you don't really care, you pour it out. But like if it's a good beer, you just, I drink it. I'm not gonna waste a $9 beer. I'm pretty sure that if it contains alcohol with this one, and I'm pouring to Blarb, uh, don't pour it out. Doesn't matter mm. if it's flat, if it's been sitting next well, to the bed for two days, it's got a do, not, in it. do not pour it out. The PBRs, you can. I mean, I'll still wake up and take a little sip of them, and I'll be like, eh, that's even worse when it's warm, and I'll pour it out. I mean, I might do a little mouth rinse with it, <laughs> just to kind of get the buzz going again, take the edge off. But uh, That stuff doesn't, uh, even if I'm drunk, that stuff does not uh, maintain me. Like, it does nothing for me. It's and like that's, and water. that's the other reason I like it. I was talking about sometimes I don't really feel like drinking because there's a lot of beers I like. I'll drink a beer and I'll be full. And so, like, it's kind of nice to get, like, a, a Coors Light and just drink, like, nine of them and feel like that you're, that you're doing something. Because <laughs> you just want to, like, work around the house and you're building the fence and you're getting hot. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be drinking a fucking porter out there while hammering in a fence. I'll be drinking, like, you know, real, real no. salt of the earth beer. If I'm building a fence, I want water, and then when it's done, which is basically then I'll drink some wine. That's the Rockies right there you're drinking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, my goal is when I'm done, then I'm going to have some wine. That's my thing. That's pretty much your goal with everything. Mm-hmm. If I get home from work today, I'm going to have some wine. That's my little <laughs> treat to myself if I make it home. Drink some wine. <laughs> oh, I just was out all night with my friend, uh, and, and if I go home and like don't get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some wine. I mean, that's a little thing I do. Get myself a little bit of wine and a little bit more wine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> How much of that is true? What percent? About eighty-nine. Probably seventy-five. <laughs> no, we were close. You were. I was closer than you were. Do you drink wine when you're doing like house chores, like doing the laundry? I gotta get a. No, she smokes wine. dope. I do. 
That's my thing. I like, like to. I gotta slow down and concentrate. <laughs> I like to. No, I like to listen to music and 420 it up, and then I shit's clean. Becoming one with the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's. I can hear this vacuum. It's got the cycle of ohm. Yeah. Um, Isn't like meth better for house cleaning? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not as good for your shit. teeth, though. No. Mm-mm. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's actually really good for fixing things. Like, if you have a broken TV in the garage, meth is good for that. It's not good for broken teeth. No, Nobody no. seems to fix those shit. Yeah. And then they have those other drugs out, not to get off topic, but there's that one that, uh, like, seriously, like, necrifies your skin. Like, you really kill. I don't know what that's called. The people that are addicted to that have, like, I... a two year lifespan. Anyways, Heathen, is that uh-huh. your news? <laughs> no, I don't deal with Let's any go ahead of those drugs. Hit a baby first. Yeah, that's fine to hit this baby. So, by the way, at home, and Eugene was here. We were working on a song for next week. I should have had him do a baby sound. We need more baby sounds. So, at home, send in your baby sounds. Your hit of baby sounders to uh, potablepictureshow at gmail.com. We haven't got a lot of feedback, although we did find out that people in sex stores listen to our podcast, apparently, and they yeah. think it's funny. Um, Crazy, sexy, hot up in Northwest Reno. They listen to our podcast. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So let's get to the news. Shout out. Uh, according to NBC New York, there has been some extensive surveillance and wiretaps um, for a high-level drug smuggler named Albert Fortoza. He was arrested along with four others um, for mailing boxes of co- cocaine to Puerto Rico, uh, from Puerto Rico to Harlem, in hidden boxes, boxes packaged along with toys, including um, minions. And um, the little snowman. I know it is. The little snowman from Frozen. Mm -hmm. Olaf? Yeah, they were um, basically like stuffing (laughs) Disney toys full of cocaine. How rude. Very rude. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's better than stuffing it in Mexican ceramic. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to hide drugs in that you're that people aren't going to search. I mean, it's going to be found one way or another, no matter what you stuff it into. They, well, the article it. was saying it gives you a different perspective on the manic grins and the bizarre in, incomprehensible language that the minions have. <laughs> So maybe they're they're all in cocaine. Stuff with cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> so this deal that, is getting worse all the time. Uh so now that the Fantastic Four has officially been labeled <laughs> as a catastrophic disaster. Or possibly a career ender for the director. <laughs> for Century Fox and pretty much anyone else who has touched the production. Um, this now includes Jeremy Slater, who co-wrote the original script along with uh, Simon Kinberg. Uh, Slater took to Twitter explaining just how much his script, script was left in Fantastic Four. He quotes, uh, there's not a ton of my stuff left in the movie, mostly in the first act, but I've always been honored that I got to play in such a cool sandbox. 
there's just everything that could possibly go wrong with that movie is interesting uh trask or whatever the director was was going to direct one of the uh, star wars standalone films and be before fantastic four even came out he got fired from that project based on um the contentiousness he was having on set and one thing i read that was interesting that i agreed with was that uh sony now, Fox, this is a Fox film. The Fox is partially to blame is you can't take a guy that made a $20, a $20 million movie, and that's all he's done, and then give him a $150 million movie and expect him to be able to do anything. He hadn't proved himself. Um, he's the one that did, uh, uh, what was the name of the, uh, I, the, the one where all the kids, the kids that like the meteorite falls down and they all get um, superpowers. It was kind of a cool movie. Uh... Michael B. Jordan was in that one also. Who plays the Human Torch in this film? Um, it's got like a one-word title. I don't know why it's escaping me right now. Flash. No. no. <laughs> Just no. throwing it um, out there. <laughs> and, and they were going to make a sequel to it. But anyway, like uh, the more you read about this, the more the more bad things get. That thing I read today was that uh, Trask and Miles Teller, who plays, he's the drummer from Whiplash. He played Mister Fantastic and Fantastic Four. They almost got into a fist fight on set. Um, Trask, they just said uh, that the studio didn't like how the film was going. They tried to rewrite the ending. All the actors were already gone, so they had to get in stunt doubles to try to try to fix it. <laughs> and um, that they had, you were saying yesterday that the director got like evicted from his house and oh, cost yeah, one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of damage to the rented house. And the the other guy tried to evict him, and he went and leave, and then he tried to sue him, and uh, apparently also. Um, so Trask really wanted Miles Teller on this film, and he's like the main one, I guess, besides a black human torch. I didn't want to see in the movie. He just doesn't look. He's too young for, for Reed Richards. But I guess Trask really fought for him, so it was interesting. He ended up getting a fight with him. Apparently, who he didn't want was um, uh, Mara. I can't remember her name, but the one that plays the uh, the, the younger girl in it. She, You see her on House of Cards. Um uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm... Anyway, he didn't want her, and the studio really wanted her, and I guess he just treated her horrible the whole time that they were filming. Um, that The cast just totally turned on him. And, you know, you read about in the past, especially in... I don't know if this has happened since, like, the 80s, but it used to happen in the 80s and 70s a lot with great directors and great actors as they would clash all the time. But then you'd get a really good movie out of it. And this... Uh, I think this is, this like, time. 7% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. <laughs> The one person I talked to... Sounds right up my alley, then. <laughs> ...that uh, saw it said... He, it, it almost seems like you can tell that there's a fight going on between the studio and the director because they said the first part actually is really cool. It's like a good setup. It's a good take. It's kind of dark. And then he says it just kind of goes in weird places that don't really make sense. And then it's just basically boring and meandering. So, I don't know. It's really too bad because they were going to... Um, if this did well, they were going to mash it up with X-Men. But it's kind of cool to see these studios keep failing with their with their superhero movies because, I mean, that's part of the reason I think Marvel's getting Spider-Man back. Maybe now Marvel can get, um, I'm talking about Marvel Disney, They can mm -hmm. maybe they can get Fantastic Four back. I mean, it was kind of like sort of a letdown that X-Men did so well because Fox can hang out with yeah. them. But Sony's just, uh, I don't know, being pretty shitty also. But. They still have another Wolverine coming out too, right? They do. It's supposed to be the last Wolverine, perhaps the old man Wolverine that they will do. I mean, they may they may continue doing Wolverine. This will be the last Hugh Jackman. Yeah. So this is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause. <laughs> this October, actually, this movie is scheduled to release October 23rd. What? Yeah, I know. Bradley Cooper 
is uh, going to be in a movie called Burnt. Um, he was in a movie. I just assume because I'm walking. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Would you stop? <laughs> he was in a 30-minute show. Um, he was portraying Anthony Bourdain in uh, Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, he was awful in that. Are you kidding me? I He's really thought that would be anything. good. Um, I didn't even realize that was a show until it must have been on when I was in China or something. I came back and I found it on Hulu. And I was like, oh, Anthony Bourdain and, and uh, Kitchen Confidential, because that was Anthony Bourdain's first book. That's kind of like what get, got him off the ground and going. And I was like, oh, this will be really cool because it's just about, you know, being a hard ass dude in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, it's Bradley Cooper. He has improved since then. But back then he was <laughs> he was awful. He was really fucking awful. Well, he is going into the high-stakes culinary world again for this movie. Um, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> he's going to be a Paris-trained kitchen ninja looking for a bounce back from a string of bad decisions and plain old bad luck. So, I can see myself hosting this movie. <laughs> Well, as I mentioned uh, going in earlier, you don't know how many more movies you'll be hosting. You probably could be hosting that one because um, you're gonna. We're gonna start doing more weekend movies and events than the Tuesdays. But yeah, when is that movie coming out next year? October twenty oh. third. <laughs> seems, seems so long from now. <laughs> no, I have it written down. Sienna Miller's gonna be in it. She's awful. That's like the third movie they're in together. They were in um, that. Uh, Kyle Mill, uh, the yeah. American Sniper. American Sniper. Are they going to have another fake baby in it too? Is it going to be a full reunion? <laughs> Are they going to have a fake have a fake pot roast? <laughs> you know, I edited that out of last podcast. By it's the way, it's fine. <laughs> I still do my paper drop. That one was care. better. Last time you like crumpled it right into the microphone, <laughs> like a royal snatch. Like you said, royal. Yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> That means you're clean and powdered. All right, so shall we head into Cocktail Corner? Yes. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. So this week, beer maker Matt is helming up the cocktail corner with a drink that he suggested and is going to tell you about it in just a moment, I believe. It is a Gatorade-based cocktail. We haven't had a Gatorade-based cocktail yet. Nope. It's from uh, themed from The Gift. Uh, yeah. In the film The Gift, you can see some Gatorade. Although I won't spike this because one. Because the <laughs> chick doesn't drink. But that's not what we do here. <laughs> we don't drink straight Gatorade. Oh, um, yeah, that's another one a weird beverage they don't drink as much anymore. I used to be a big Gatorade fan, the green one, in uh, high school. And now it's just too syrupy to me. I don't know yeah. if it's my tastes have changed or if they've just made it more syrupy. Even when I'm like really, you know, when you're like really, really thirsty, like you've been uh, moving in July, helping a friend move the, the whole month, and you just want something to quench your thirst, like I, I can't do Gatorade. I, I got to do water. I mean, I don't think there's I used a, to like the white one. White one is the, is the most drinkable one, I think. Um, but I still I think just the do red not one like is the worst. I think green one's my favorite, and then orange. Like, yeah, because it's pretty much 
It's, it's all sugar. It's, mm-hmm. Well, it was. It's mainly designed for athletes that are burning so many calories. Yeah. They need the sugar to to build up their energy. But that's. But the, I still don't think that athletes actually drink they Gatorade. Do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they mm, they still I don't think have that like my friend Robert football drinks. Fo- football players and yeah. basketball players drink Gatorade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're right, because I did read a thing that says unless you are, like Matt was saying, unless you're like a hardcore athlete that is like burning 10 pounds of calories in a day, like Gatorade actually won't help hydrate you. It's it's just because yeah. sugar won't usually hydrate you. But, no. um, but fo- a lot of football players, especially, you know, in places like Arizona and stuff where it is really hard to um, hydrate, uh, they do the pickle juice thing. I don't know what it is about pickle juice that's supposed to hydrate you because I thought sodium was bad. And it seems like there's a lot of sodium in pickle juice would be my guess. guess. And, and the thing with the pickle shots, I don't understand. That was like kind of a fad that went around to pickle shots. When Clay was up here, we did pickle shots so at one So Matt up. has chosen the blue Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's the flavor of that? So, so we did nine ounces of vodka. And now we're doing the blue, the, the cool blue yeah, this is like the uh, the color of the drink in Star Wars that uh, Aunt Brew is drinking. Aunt Brew Blue is what they should call that Gatorade. I'm just thinking what goes better with the well, the no, cool ale. would be the blues open. Um, Jason blue. Bateman, who was kind of a bully. Did you say Jason cool? Bateman was cool? He was he was a he was he cool because he was, he was cool. a bully. He thought he was cool. Yeah. Right. So that's the thing. He wasn't as cool as he was in bad words. And here's the ginger ale for the it. wife who was pregnant and couldn't drink. <laughs> I'm just... That's what the Gatorade's for. There's a little bit of everything in there. There's the Gatorade in there for Matt, and there's the ginger ale in there for me, and there's 180 proof vodka in there for you. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know what Heathen made me watch yesterday was like two hours of 2020, and all it was was guys killing their wives. No. And... Uh, no. One was really weird, though. It the was, Gone Girl one was fun. There, well, there, there was a few Gone Girl ones was the thing. That's what was irritating. But there was a Gone Girl one where they really thought it was a hoax because it was so weird um, that no one believed no one believed the uh, boyfriend and the, and, the, and the girlfriend. But it turned out there was just some weirdo that drove 420 miles to pick up a random person. Yeah, that chick that showed up in Huntington Beach and everybody thought she made it up on her own. This it was nice true. color. It's uh, it's like the sun setting in the water in Waikiki. <laughs> What's the name of this drink, Matt? Uh, this was the... It's called Pregnant in Winter. The Tailgate? The Flashback. The Flashback. And what, and <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Flashback. And just before we drink it again, can you tell us what goes into a single serving for people at home? Um, so three ounces, of vod- three ounces of vodka, five ounces of Gatorade, and... It just says ginger ale. Okay. Have like a <laughs> probably to fill or whatever. So yeah, anyone have anything to drink to? My new job. Yay. That's the best uh, Gatorade cocktail I've had. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of nice at the end. That 180, the, um, it actually is pretty it smooth in that. a little bit more, actually. It's fine. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's fine. It's a perfectly balanced cocktail. You Actually, you're not supposed to be able to taste alcohol in a cocktail. Yeah, I'm surprised I don't taste it as much. Yeah, I am too. You can feel it more than taste it. I think it's good. 
Good job, Matt. Yay! I think you should make another one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so is there anything else we got to talk about before feature presentation? We don't have Your a game. Mom. We don't have any calls. What? Talk about my mom? It was her birthday. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. That's why I said... So every week in feature presentation, we take a film we saw with this here in Nevada Movie Club, and we talk about it. We use it as jumping off points for conversation. Sometimes we talk about things directly related to it. Sometimes things slightly related to it. Uh, occasionally, we drop a spoiler in there. Um, we kind of avoid reviews and walkthroughs, but you know, if it happens, it happens. Usually, we tell you if a movie we thought was shitty or good, but for the most part, we just want to talk about things as they relate to us. So we happened to see two movies again this week. Uh, we saw Ricky and the Flash. We saw that film on a Saturday, I believe, after some sushi. Sunday. Sunday, because uh, everyone equates Meryl Streep and Raw Fish. And then on Tuesday... <laughs> no, because I wanted it to be a chick flick thing, and that's what oh, we do. Oh, so and chick and raw fish. Dick ass. Dick ass, inward. And... Uh, and then on Tuesday, on, on our really? on our usual movie day, we saw the movie The Gift. Um, so we're going to start with Ricky and the Flash. I'm going to read you a brief synopsis. So, <laughs> three-time Academy Award winner Meryl Streep goes electric and takes on a whole new gig, a hard-rocking singer-guitarist. For Oscar-winning director Jonathan Demme and Academy Award-winning screenwriter, Diablo Cody. You might know she won her award for writing Juno. In the uplifting comedy, Ricky and the Flash uh, is a film loaded with music and live performance. Streep stars as Ricky, a guitar heroine who gave up everything for her dream of rock and roll stardom, but is now returning home to make things right with her family. Streep stars opposite her real-life daughter, Marmy Goomer. Or Gummer. That would be horrible to be a girl called Gummer. <laughs> I guess it's better than Teether. Um, who plays her fictional daughter. Rick Springfield, who takes on the role of a Flash member in love with Ricky, and Kevin Klein, who betrays Ricky's long-suffering ex-husband. So that's our synopsis. That basically wraps it up what it is. Here's a couple little tidbits and nuggets I'll share with you. Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein previously starred in Sophie's Choice, in which Streep was, uh, she won her second Oscar, but she was pregnant with her daughter, Marmy Gummer. Who play? Uh, who you know plays their daughter in this film? So that's kind of interesting. So all the three of them basically got together again. Just this one time, she was born. The story is loosely based on Dablo Cody's real life mother in law, who has been a singing rock and roller for a few years or many years, I suppose. Um, this marks the third time that uh, Mammy Gummer and real life mother Meryl Streep have worked together. First, they were in the movie Heartburn, which I've never heard of, and then they were in a movie called An Evening. Or evening, uh, 1986. So uh, Mammy would have to be pretty young in '86, and then evening was 2007, and I, I haven't heard of that either. Um, Meryl Streep had never played the guitar until she got offered this part, and the director set her up with Neil Young, Canadian rock legend Neil Young, to give her guitar lessons. Why and not Rick Springfield? 
I don't know if he was cast at the time. Actually, I don't think he was cast at the time. Oh, I was um, wondering. But, uh, and maybe the director. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, I know Meryl Streep was on one of the late night shows. I think it was uh, Jimmy Fallon. And she was talking about, it might have been Seth Meyers. And she was talking about getting her first lesson with, with Neil Young. And he's like, the first thing you do is you just turn it up to 11. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. That's all of the notes I uh, took. I do want to say that it's a sort of a critique of the movie that if Meryl Streep had not been in this movie, um, this movie wouldn't have probably been very good. I was thinking about that because the movie was kind of light and really what carried it, I think, and I enjoyed the movie, actually, except for the ending. I, I really enjoyed the movie, but I think it was because of Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein. It wasn't so much... There wasn't a whole lot going on. There was a couple good parts. That was just my opinion. Well, I labeled it as a chick flick, so. Yeah, but I like chick flick. <laughs> I mean, I like certain chick flicks. I'm not going to watch, like, um, I don't like the moniker of chick flick that, that, you know, I think it's kind of sexist. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly consider that a, a chick, flick or, chick flick or label it a chick flick. But, I mean, I'll watch romantic comedies. I'll watch chick flicks. I'm just not going to watch, like, Magic Mike or, like, a Nicholas right. Sparks film. But, I mean, I like... Um, well-written female-centered or driven movies if they're well-written to me i thought it was definitely a chick flick especially when she had talked about how uh i mean most meryl street movies are probably i guess would be called chick flicks i guess i mean there's not that many straight guys that are going to be like there's a meryl street movie out i, I need to see that yeah um true it, it's always but- the women that like, there was her. that point where she said, oh, Mick Jagger can mm. have six kids yeah. and and he's cool, but here I am. I'm trying to live my that, dream and that part I'm kinda, a piece of shit. And that, I was like, exactly. That part kind of reminded me of the Kevin Costner court scenes in black and white mm-hmm. that I agreed with what she was saying and I thought it was cool to bring up, but it just seemed like kind of forced in. I mean, the whole last third of the movie seemed really forced to me. Um so in this film, Meryl Streep, uh, she, I guess, she doesn't really leave her family as much because she comes back, and and I don't, they don't really say in the film how long it's been since she comes back. But when she does come back, Kelvin, Kevin guessing, Klein has already. I'm guessing the kids were about five, around five, six, or seven so when, when she bounced. When she, when she does come back, uh, Kevin Klein, or she tells Kevin Klein that um, he is emotionally checked out, so she has no other recourse other than just to leave again um, because he'd already moved on. And and mm-hmm. again, they don't say if it's been three months or six months or two years or whatever. And uh, she wants to follow her passion of, of music. And like I said, it seems like that the home life wasn't going quite that way. And uh, when we fi- pick her up in the film, she is the resident bar band in a bar called the Saltwell in Tarzana. And I just kept thinking like, well, that would be a horrible you know, way to end your career when you want to do rock music. But I was thinking, what a cool band for a dive bar. I wish... I wish there was a dive bar around here that had like a cover band that that was that was that good, um, or that and would learn new new music. That, yeah, that, that played like every week. I mean, the, the, I've I've seen good local bands in Sacramento and Reno, but not like that that play every single week. Yeah. You know, um, and then uh, 
what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the story is um, Kevin Klein wants her to come back because her daughter's basically... Her daughter in the beginning, I thought, was really funny and got a lot of laughs from the audience based on her kind of craziness and her not really giving a shit about anything and just people are laughing at her hair and stuff like that. And I've gone through periods like that in the past where I just... I just don't fucking care. Like, there's no really point in anything. And I'll just wear my pajamas for three days. I mean, I haven't done that in a while. Like, seven years, but... Go to a fancy restaurant wearing your... Yeah. I I loved it. I thought that... She was hilarious. Yeah, it was a good part. Um, I know when she got the part in the movie, we're talking about Mammy Gummer, whatever her name is, is her mom, Meryl Streep. uh, They asked, "Did did your mom, like, want you in this? Did she force you in this or whatever? She said, no, she just dropped off the script and left. So when I read it and I liked the part and we were in it and I, you know, it was kind of cool. I liked that, that she was in it. It's one of the, it was actually the main reason I wanted to see the movie was to see how they interacted as a real life mother and daughter. Um, but then, uh, kind of to cut towards the end, Meryl Streep, uh, Ricky, Ricky Cardozo or whatever I can't or no, Linda Cardozo, I think was her real name, Linda Mm -hmm. something. Um, she's trying to reconcile with her family and they're like Midwestern, uh, up class snobs and she doesn't have enough money to get from California back there. So her buddy, Rick Springfield pawns his 60 something SG. And, uh, what I can't figure out is there's a scene where Meryl Streep wants to go back. She's talking to this bartender at the bar that she always jams at or they play at. And, uh, he's like, you, you gotta go. And she's like, I can't, I don't have any money. The bartender says, if I had the money, I'd give it to you. And she's like, yeah, whatever. So Rick Springfield pawns his guitar, and they both go back there because Rick wants to show how much he loves her and how much, like, this guitar is, like, the, the his probably his biggest prized possession. Uh, it's probably, like, I would guess, um... Like you said, about 20000 Maybe less than 20000 but it's going to be between... It might be around twenty. So he, do, he does end up selling it. And then her, her, and her and Rick Springfield go out to the wedding. What I don't understand at the end is, is Ricky does this speech about, I don't have anything, I don't have any money, so all I have to give to the bride and groom is music, because I'm a musician, so I give all I have. Then all of a sudden, her band appears. All of her band is there, and the bartender ends up dancing in the crowd. It's like all of these people that didn't have any money, other than maybe Rick Springfield... $20,000 might be enough to send everyone from California to, uh, but that's thing, really fucking generous to fly the whole band out there. The only thing that I can tr- and the can attribute that to is when she says thank you to the other mom. Like, maybe she sent everybody out. I doubt that. The only other thing I could think, and this isn't anything that you see in the movie. Did you... It's just... Um, see that? My idea is... So, I figure that uh, Ricky... Has been playing with this band for probably 10, 15, 20 years, a long time. Probably got them some gigs as a singer. And they oh, thought. So he used all and, of well, that guitar money? And I thought, well, maybe, <laughs> well, they might have thought, the drummer and the bass player, like, well, we kind of owe her. Like, she's, she's strung us along. She's got us gigs for a while. Let's fly out there and, and do this thing for her. Mm-hmm. And maybe they use their own money. Because it's really not that expensive to fly from uh, California to like Ohio or something. You get on the Southwest, 150 bucks. With all their gear. Yeah. No, it's well, I don't know how for drums it would be tough. I don't know how you get the drums. You might have just rented some drums when you got out there. But yeah. Anyway, and, and just the the whole ending and the things that still the thing was, even though I didn't like the ending, is I still somewhat enjoyed it because of like the daughter. Basically, that was pretty much the only reason I liked the ending. 
Um, I also wrote down here, um, I already talked about that. I said movie was a little light, especially the ending, but it, but it was carried by Streep and uh, Kevin Kline. Um, and that's what makes it perfect for a Sunday sushi <laughs> So movie. I wrote one thing here, one sentence. I wrote, following your passion and also something Rick Springfield. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the character in the movie. Um, who also, I don't think his acting was really great, but his the way he grew his hair and his beard and everything out, I think was pretty cool. He's pretty unrecognizable. He was kind of a pussy in the movie. His but, eyes. Um, he definitely had it in his eyes for sure the rick springfield you could see in his eyes no uh the his pussiness? acting oh when he was really? upset you could definitely see it i you thought you could tell he was a pussy um i, so, didn't, I didn't see rick <laughs> like, rick springfield well just the way he talks about like texting her and talking about well there was gotta be careful around her not pushing her there was one part and i don't know if it was his acting or the script but it made me laugh and it was supposed to be a serious scene when he was like uh, and it's actually what I'm going to talk about right now. Because he says, um, kids don't need to love you. It's your job to love your kids. And then he goes, because I cheated on my wife with uh, with a stripper at the Seven Veils. And uh, my kids hated me for it. <laughs> the whole thing was... <laughs> it made me laugh out loud in the theater. And it made me feel bad because it was supposed to be a serious... <laughs> actually, I thought it was supposed to be funny at first. Because I don't know why. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like a serious part. His character was such a fucking pussy. It's because you cheated on your wife and her kids. I, 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 oh, me in real life or Rick Springfield? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why I laughed. I was like, I could relate yeah. to that. That's goddamn funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I did. But what do you think about that, heathen or man? Um, that uh, it's not your kid's job to love you, it's your job to love your kids. <laughs> uh,. What do you think, Matt? Because you don't have any, so what do you... Yeah, but he, is a, he was a kid. Yeah. Well, I mean... How would you be as a parent? Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I would like to think that I, I would love my kids no matter what. Um, and, and would support them no matter what. Um, and... Yeah, I think as long as you're doing that and, you know, I don't really consider it to be your job to do it. I, I, I think it, it, it's got to be genuine and you've got to, you know, really love your kids. And if that's there, then your, your kids are going to, you know, reciprocate that. And Yeah, I know one thing my mom used to tell my brother. It's not totally on, on, on topic, but you would say... Um, basically she would say i love you but i hate what you're doing or like i i i I don't like your actions but Uh i love you kind of thing because he was you know a trouble kid whatever and um i think that can be a tough thing as a parent I, i haven't gone through that but to be there and support your kids but not enable them or not you know be there for them but not like where's the line you know between between helping them out and letting them learn their lesson sometimes it's tough i don't know i I, as far as coming from a kid standpoint the other end of that thing i i um i remember thinking when uh maybe in my 20s or something i was like just because someone's related to me doesn't mean that i owe them my 
affection or love or respect or something like that's still just because we're blood and i'll respect like the heritage or whatever it doesn't mean that i owe you anything because of that and there's a lot of asshole dads and moms out there that have kids that didn't do shit for them and there's no reason the kids should do shit for their parents well i have a a huge family and uh like my papa when he passed away or when he was even living um, my mama, who is not my original grandmother, her kids got a lot of stuff where my mom and my aunt, my papa pretty much said, eh, do it on your own, you know? So that's kind of interesting where there was that. So they supported other people in your family, but didn't. Not the blood, Uh, not the blood, which would be my mom and my aunt. And uh, now with my kid, I support him. I don't do like what Kevin's mom said, like, I love you, but I hate what you're doing. I'll tell him, like, this is bullshit. But I'm not going to let him you know, go on the streets or whatever. He knows that I'll only help him so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, (laughs) any parent is, is going to let their kid fail. I mean, that's part of growing up and and learning. So it's not necessarily that you don't care about them. It's just, you care about them that much that you want to let them fail and and figure things out on their own. Mm Mm-hmm. I am your father. <laughs> so the last thing, uh, at least I have, and then I'll let you guys jump in whatever you have about the movie, is um, Mar- Meryl Streep and her daughter working in this movie together. H- have you ever been uh, in a situation where uh, you've worked with someone you're related to or or that you wanted to? Um, I mean, for me, and it's still... It's not as high on there, but on my bucket list for for a while, it was an easy thing. I always wanted to perform with my brother, both playing guitar in front of people. I've played with my brother before where he was playing bass and we performed, but I wanted, uh, I always wanted to do it. I thought it would be a really easy thing. I mean, it's easy to go to an open mic. I mean, there's some shitty open mics out there. There's a lot of stuff. Never been able to do it. Um, as far as working with anyone that I'm related to or anything like that, I don't really care. For a while, I wanted to do things with my uncle, but... I don't really have the same occupational or hobby interests as my dad, and occupation-wise, actually, I don't even think I'd like working with my mom, really, <laughs> unless we were doing something really artistic, um, like writing a children's book or something. I can't really imagine working with my mom, because I'm too much like my dad. I'm too much like scheduled and want to get things done, and even and though she's just not. even though I'm very creative uh, in some ways, I'm also kind of a dick, where I'm like, you need to get that part done. You need, come on, like... Three months, really. You've only put the pastels in the not. background. Yeah. And plus, she's one of those artists, or like a lot of people, that um, needs encouragement to do things done. She doesn't do well if you give her a schedule. She'll, um, what do you call that, uh, basically break down. Freeze. <laughs> yeah. Freeze. Not break down, just freeze. Yeah, freeze, yeah. So what about you guys? Any experience working with um, a parent or a relative or any interest in doing that and doing a project together? Maybe not working, but like a project. My first job ever working at Roundtable, I got my job because of 
my stepsister. So I worked with my stepsister at Roundtable. Mm-hmm. And you got um, along with your stepsister, right? You said that was the one you were closest to? Yeah. Yeah, right. um, yeah and we still get along really well. Um, I'm probably, like I said, closer to her than my, my real sister, but um, that's a whole other <laughs> story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and it wasn't that bad. I, I Yeah, it, we worked opposite shifts, so it wasn't really that bad we we had like a couple hours a day that we'd have to work together um but i've also considered working with my dad as well and mm-hmm. i don't i don't think i would have any issues working with my dad because i know my dad's work ethic i think that would be kind of the hard thing for me is if i'm working with somebody um just because you know we're family or the you know i've gotten that job just because i'm family or they've gotten that job just because they're family and I know that their work ethic sucks. Yeah. I think that's when it would, you know, create static. Um, yeah, with a family member or a friend, I think. Yeah. Um, that's one weird thing. Uh, I don't know where my brother and I got this from, is we both have a pretty good work ethic. Because in real life, I'm extremely lazy. In real life, he's a huge fuck-up. He's actually one of the hardest workers I know. It's crazy. Like, a lot of people are afraid to give him a job or because based on his I reputation. I think it's from your mom and, and, and no dad. I call it aggressive negotiations. But, uh, yeah, yeah. people say uh, whether when he was working um, with Kyle and Kmart or doing construction, things like that, he's like, uh, uh, even uh, he helped he helped me with a friend build a fence, and he had his back was out. He couldn't even stand up, and he was just like, he just has this crazy fucking worth ethic to get things done. I don't know if that goes along with his self-esteem or whatever, like to actually prove himself or maybe just to show uh, something he's good at to like show it off. Maybe like he's proud that he's good at, at you know, doing stuff mm. for me. I don't know why it is either. I'm extremely uncomfortable not working when I'm at work unless it's like a job where you can do that. Like the airport, I could work really hard and then I could read a book because that's what everyone did. You don't yeah. do anything when you're not loading the plane. It's a perfect job for me. I don't like, uh, you know, restaurants and stuff, you know, going around scrubbing the grill again and again and again. Well, for me, I've been on stage with my mom twice. It was kind of awkward, but it was fun. Um, I've worked with her. She has trained me to cover her as an accountant, and it's quite stressful (laughs) (laughs) because... Uh, she's been a construction accountant for a very long time and I am not I'm just there as kind of like a fluffer (laughs) also uh, I think it would be stressful if she's anything like she is in real life and if she's anything like you (laughs) um, if you do something differently than she does it and you come back even if again like I've talked about this before there's sometimes you can do something that doesn't actually affect the job but just because you did it differently than they're used to it throws everything off and you're like really but no um, she's she's you you would think that she would be that way but she's really not she's like "Eh." every time i cover for her she's like i can see that you need this this and this and i'm like i'm just a different person she's an accountant i'm a banker and accountants don't get cocky accountants and bankers they have different brains so and your mom's used to like working you know construction but for herself right and not mm-hmm. really having anybody to to work with or no. having to manage or well she works she works for no, a company now but it's, it's she's worked for very large companies oh. 
Right, well, in the, Calabasas. And the one now is relatively small, and she's the only mm-hmm. one that does what she does. So she basically, even though she does work for another company, she's still, in some ways, her own boss. It's like being a one-man HR team. She runs everything. Uh, and so when I cover for her, I have to do everything. Um, and uh, she has... The other thing is, is that I... She's asked... You know, can I help you out with the cakes? Like my thing. I'm like, okay. But that's like the roles reversed where I would be like, you're not doing this right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. But the question was, is there anything that you would want to work together with someone, a project or something like that? Probably my mom with the cakes because she could really help me. Yeah. All right. Anything else about this movie before we move on to the gift? Are you brainless? Space. Yeah. I asked the question. I guess that means we move on. <laughs> <laughs> so the next movie we saw was The Gift. Here's a little synopsis about that. Um, Simon and Robin are a young married couple whose life is going just as planned until a chance encounter with an acquaintance from Simon's high school sends their world into a harrowing tailspin. Simon doesn't recognize Gordo at first, but after a series of uninvited encounters and mysterious gift gifts prove troubling... A horrifying secret from the past is uncovered after more than 20 years. As Robin learns the unsettling truth about what happened between Simon and Gordo, she starts to question. How well do we really know the people closest to us? And are our past bygones ever really bygones? Um, so this movie, it uh, was starred, written, and directed by uh, Edgerton. I didn't get his first name. I forgot it. Um this is his first film he directed. He's been in a few films, like the uh, he was, I think, the guy that starred opposite Tom Hardy in The Warrior. Um, I didn't recognize. I had to actually look up on IMDb to see what else he was in. Um, but he was in a lot of th- same thing with Mammy Gummer. She was in a bunch of movies like uh, Side Effects. I don't know who she was in that. She was in uh, another movie we saw recently. I don't know who she was in that. Um, but anyway, this was his first film he directed on, and he really wanted to focus on directing, so he filmed all his own scenes as Gordo two weeks into shooting and got those all done right off the bat. Um, he completed them in seven days to get them out of the way. And I think that's the only thing I really wrote as far as just research into this. Um, what I was going to talk about uh, first was just... Well, actually, I have, I have this is not really a, a question... Did you guys catch how long ago they were supposed to have been in high school? Because I, I one time I thought they said like eight years. Another time I thought they said 10 years. And then another time it seemed like they said like 15, 20 years. Because when they said 10 years, I was like, that can't be 10 years. Uh, yeah. And that, that kind of threw me off for a bit. I was like, they, he can't be like 26. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I would think like 20. Yeah, at least 15. I mean, 15, 20. I just, because they, they actually men- they mentioned, but they mentioned years in the film. I'm not saying what they look like, because I know how old they are. I mean, I think Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman's older than I am. I'm saying what the film was, because that's what threw me off. I was like, they can't, it can't be 10 years. And then, you know, and then I was thinking, well, maybe it had to be elementary school, because if he just doesn't recognize them from high school, that's kind of weird because no one I really, really don't think school. somebody could do that to somebody in elementary school. That doesn't. 
Well, I was going to talk about when I was... Well, a- his whole personality was he didn't give a crap about anybody else, obviously. Not in elementary school. Uh, well, even in high school, probably. So well, in was- high school, yes. You can concoct that kind of shit, but not in elementary school. Yes, no. you could. I could have done that in elementary school. Like, 6th, 7th graders are horrible. I could totally see that. That's what I was picturing as they were doing this in 6th and 7th grade. So I was saying I was kind of a bully, but I kind of stopped doing it around probably junior high. Uh, when I understood what being a bully was, because yeah. I didn't, that sounds like an excuse, but I kind of didn't understand I was being a bully, even though it was really obvious. Um, there's a, there's a line in the movie where I don't know if it's his friend or or his sister that says he could have stopped it anytime he wanted and just said stop it, and that's kind of the the thing that I that I did when I was a bully is I was the one that kind of started it and I got more and more people into it, and I thought it was kind of funny, and any time I could just been like okay that's enough guys, and. Um, but yeah, this, that was all in elementary school. I mean, I never said that someone was uh, being molested, but that's the kind of shit that little kids do. Like, that's the kind of rumors that we, that my, that not, people I knew did in sixth and seventh grade. Being molested? Yeah, they would say like, oh, let's say that we caught him with, uh, with some dude in the bushes or something like. Like, people don't do that in high school that I know of. Uh, I don't know where you went to school, but that's not what we were doing in a big city. And in high school, there wasn't, even though uh, this, 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 this friend of mine, he was actually my friend, he was like one of my best friends that I bullied, um, he was still kind of bullied into high school. So I don't know if it's one of those alpha, beta kind of things, because I had stopped at that point. Everyone that he went to school with had stopped at that point, And then kids that had never met him before started bullying him. So I don't know if it was like predators smelling. Because <clears throat> I know from working in a group home, or uh, women that are in bad relationships with abusive men. It's usually like somehow those people can always find each other out. Like the abused and the abu- the abusers somehow have some sort of link. So when he got to high school, uh, as I said, uh, a whole bunch of other bad things happened to him from like the jocks and stuff. And I was totally just like out of that. I mean, it was just a waste of my time. I just, yeah. like I said, I stopped, I stopped being a bully when I was like 10. Well, they, as far as the story, not necessarily the bullying, but the storytelling, I know that they're, uh, I've heard of, or I can't remember if I've read them or not, but I've heard of stories of kids in, like, you know, elementary school that, you know, they fell and hurt themselves, and a the teacher was like, you know, how did you get that? Did, did somebody oh, yeah. beat you? Or, you know, and pushes it, and then the kid realizes, oh, you know, I could use this to my advantage. Uh, so they you know start phys- they they start doing stuff to themselves and then blaming it on like you know their grandparent or something that they don't like or their stepdad or something they don't like um so i've i've heard of stories like that so i i, I believe that kids that early can yeah can for sure do stuff like that um the the grade after mine they were really bad they locked their teacher in a closet and i was like i can't imagine doing that when i was in seventh grade of locking a teacher uh, in a closet and shit like that never but, did anything um, like well you that. went to a school with like four people <laughs> no uh, at in junior high oh, like yeah. junior high and elementary school i was in la and you know who was really bad <laughs> at least in my experience as far as being bullies was was the girls like when they were like in 13 um but i remember again because i didn't really care there was another there was so there was the guy person that was being bullied and then there was a girl that was being bullied by all the girls and um it was horrible like they were so mean to her they would and and they would actually get in physical fights with her where like th- this other kid we never got in fights with him we just like 
called him names and like <laughs> um like threw his bike into the trees and um I think someone did spit on him once. That wasn't me, but uh but yeah, it, it's weird. And then and then yeah, and then I, now and it's just bad. You know, you see all the cyber bullying and other bullying stuff, and 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 it just it just sucks because when you're in high school, if you are being bullied in high school. You're already having a tough time. You're already having, even if you're a popular kid, you're having trouble fitting in or understanding what's going on. Or uh, often, if you're a popular kid, you're getting a lot of pressure from your parents, and you got to do all this shit and whatever. And I can't imagine like already hating yourself and then having feeling like everyone else in the world hates you too. That would be miserable. I don't know. To me, being growing up, if I was a teenager growing up now, there's so many other outlets. That would have been great for me because all I had was choir Mm -hmm. and drama. And that was the only time that I ever fit in any other time I was picked on. And the only thing that I would do is just fight back physically. Like if you're going to cause me problems, I will kick your ass. So, Heathen, what do you think (laughs) about the the line, uh, Jason Bateman in the film, he says... um, he says, "Yeah, yeah, he was bullied, but I was I had the shit beaten out of by, by my dad too. I, whatever I did to him didn't affect his life. What my dad did, I still became this. I had a bunch of stuff going against me, I and I still became it. something. So I don't believe it. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, the, the the kid that I did bully ended up becoming like one of the most successful people I know. So I, I, I mean, it is possible, but also." If you are a little bit of an outcast and there's a reason that people... Because it seems like a lot of times when people are bullying someone, it's just very arbitrary. It's just to have someone for everyone to gang up against. It doesn't even matter what it is. Maybe they have red hair. Maybe they maybe their pa- family's a little bit poor. Something like that. Um, but if you are like kind of weird or whatever and everyone gangs up on you and you're already having self-confidence and, and, and awkward, then that can just really fucking my set whole, the ramp up uphill for you. My whole problem with the character... In the movie, Gordo or uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman is that not Simon? Simon. Simon says. Uh, yeah, Simon says. Um, that's fine to be a kid and do shit, and maybe you fuck up somebody's life, and that happens. Mm-hmm. It really does happen. Yep. But as an adult, to go and do that to somebody when you should be going. To somebody as an adult going, yeah, I'm, well, man, that's, I'm totally sorry. Well, that's when it showed what his character was because then he Because that's who he is. Because then he was doing similar things to get the job. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's what I was telling he then it's when never I was leaving. Is I said, I kind of relate to some of this as a kid, but there's like I, I, the part I can't relate to as an adult because I feel... I don't feel a lot of remorse in my life. because There's I don't, a lot of people that are still like that. Because I don't really feel like I did that many bad things. But that is one of the things. I was like, man, if I could really go back and to do something different, that's one thing I'd go back and do different. Yeah, and then there's also been like recent studies um, about like kids who peak in high school. Mm-hmm. Like popular kids uh, are the ones that peak in high school and they never go on to do like, you know, much, much else. Uh, and it is the... You know the 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 geeks and the, um, the I think ki- the other kids that kind of go on to do better things. Oops, I wrote through that. Um, now I forget where I was going with that. Sorry. Even um, <laughs> I were doing circus acts in here. No, I I, uh, 
I kind of kid around sometimes that I peaked in high school, and I wasn't even that successful in high school. I yeah. just feel like that that was sort of. I mean, because our the the kids I think of that peaked in high school are the football players, like yeah. the Al Bundys. That uh, because when I go back to my hometown, the and, the and these kids weren't actually that popular at the time. They weren't the star athletes. They were just athletes. And I go back, and they're all they all hang out together still in the same bar. They're all, I don't know what they do. Yeah. They've all just gotten super fat. They all have this sort of like potato shape. And uh, and they and they're like Al Bundy, they just talk about these high school football games. And I just think it's <laughs> hilarious. We're smarter than this. <laughs> he was the, the popular kid in high school. So that's yeah, kind of what he was the, didn't uh, resonate with me was that, you know, he, he wouldn't have been able to continue on and and do the things that he did just because of... He was um, the class president yeah. or something. Right? I had a really hard time... Um, connecting with a lot of the characters because I'm going to kick your ass (laughs) because it just didn't, I'm like, okay, yeah, you have a bully, but a lot of the times the bullies, they will not be the same when you go to the high school reunions. Yeah. They're just not the same. Or when you have the nerdy people who are um, just odd, they're really successful. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, I've been to my high school reunions and I've seen people that I've gone to high school with 20 years ago. I'm like, this is just not quite. I mean, it's taking it to another extreme. I get it. Yeah. It's a movie. It's a good movie. I, I do think people could grow up like that. I mean, people. I do agree that bullies change and people change and most people change. But there's but, a lot of people but, that don't. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying I, I could agree with that. I could. It's hard for you for me to imagine that there's Jason Bateman like characters out there, but I know there are, and they're usually quite successful. I think we just saw on 2020 about adult bullying. You need to. <laughs> I can't say you need to, but. Um, Sometimes it takes a certain amount of like cold-hearted shark ruthlessness to get places in the world that that I can't necessarily do because I'm too worried about hurting someone's feelings or like applying for a job that someone else has or like talking shit about a coworker to the boss like all of these things that like some people use very well to climb through the network ranks like, and like um, certain presidential candidates yeah and uh, um, I just or certain wouldn't feel that good about doing that to someone that I know, I don't think. And to my detriment sometimes, but because that's the kind of person I am, I can't do those things because I'd end up feeling too guilty or too shitty. I just would never. And I don't, I'm not a person that um, seeks that kind of success that much anyway. There are some people that are more driven towards those sort of things to make them happy. Um and you don't necessarily have to be that way. Sometimes you just have to be focused. A lot of people I know that are successful and rich, they're just they're not necessarily assholes, they're just cheap motherfuckers. They're the ones that when I worked at ATT would come in and fight about a dollar thirteen yeah. on their bill because that's how they got rich, is it's every fucking nickel. They don't they're not Bill and Melinda Gates. It's definitely not my stepdad. Um but if you went into his house, you'd be like, this is not uh, a wealthy man. He would have a really nice car, a really nice house. But if you went into his house, not very much furniture because he cashes king. It's money in the bank for him. You've got, yeah, you've got people that are wealthy in life and people that are wealthy in, you know, equi- you know 
things. Experience. Than yeah. So we talked about bullies. We talked about strength and circumstance. Uh, is there any... Uh, there's a lot more to talk about this film. Is there anything else? I didn't write anything else down. Is there anything else you want to point out? or? Uh, so this was one of the first films that I've actually jumped out of my seat and in a while and i like scary movies Mm -hmm. and this wasn't a scary movie it was a a suspenseful yeah a very very well and it wasn't like a the whole movie was suspenseful so you're Mm -hmm. sitting at the edge of your seat the whole time (laughs) well the suspenseful parts you kind of are though yeah which i is something i was going to talk about in a minute but yeah go ahead but it, yeah, and it's it's not like the whole movie is like that. So you're it it's something. It was a movie that was enjoyable for the most part, um, and then for those suspenseful things, it they really did yeah. a good job. It, yeah. And it was pretty good. Um, it I'm made a, everybody jump. I was going to say the dog that. jumped because the, the glass. <laughs> I didn't like that the whole house was glass. I'm like, <gasps> so. Um, I'm not really sure where to start on this because I want to criticize the audience, but <laughs> but I thought it was kind of one of the reasons because I hate I hate going to the movies with people, but one of the things I liked about going to the movies was an experience like that is everyone jumped as you guys said, and then everyone like collectively as like one organism I was like, oh my god, like they started like chittering a little bit, and I, I don't like like people talking during a movie, but that part I didn't mind because they were just like, oh, we oh, should oh, have we should have seen this movie on the later show because everybody would not shut the fuck okay, up. So that's what I was going to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> for some of the suspenseful parts, I'm not again. I don't know where I'm going to just start on this part. So some of the suspenseful parts, the movie gets extremely quiet, and I don't really want to talk about the movie for a moment. I want to ask you guys, like psychologically, <laughs> why quietness bothers people. And I knew it. I said as soon as it gets quiet, people are going to start fidgeting. It makes them very uncomfortable. There's certain people on car rides, like when all three of us went to um, Blasterville. Me and Matt chatted most of the time because just I never really traveled anywhere, so I just wanted to, to chat. But I can travel with people and go 300 miles yeah. without saying a word. I don't feel uncomfortable. I don't feel the need to talk. Um, but I, I was really happy with my music in the back. But I have friends that can't do that. They can't go more than five minutes without talking. They, they, uh, uh, people in the movie theater. I could even uh, this just people just start shifting in their chairs just because they're like, oh my god, it's quiet. It's so uncomfortable. So what is it psychologically that affects people so much about silence and quiet that makes them so uneasy when quiet should be um, something people would like. Is it because they thought that they were going to be startled? Or to me, it wasn't that. It was just that they just couldn't stand the silence. I mean, personally for me, I, I'm I'm fine with being silent. And that, that pretty much anybody that knows me is I'm fine with being silent. Um, but every once in a while, you like I do feel pressure to, to have to talk. Like if there is somebody that I know is a, you know, a talker and i'm around them and they're not talking then i i start feeling awkward and i feel like i need to you know do something to to ensure them that they they can talk around me like i don't know if i take offense to it that they're not talking <laughs> around me when they normally would be but um but that's not silence that's just you not being quiet that's yeah. not like a total silence what is it about total silence that makes people uncomfortable that some people not everyone but it makes i would say Half of people, 30% of people, extremely uncomfortable to sit there quietly in a room. Like in training, 
uh, people would come in, maybe some of us being social, but I people come in and some people no just idea. cannot sit in their chair and wait. They got to fidget around. They got to ask this person. They got to get up. They got to, is it like an ADHD I, thing? I, I don't know. I still think it's societal. So, you know, depending on where you, you know, grew up, if you grew up in the, the backwoods somewhere and, you know, you grew up sitting on a porch with Pappy and, you know, sitting for two hours rocking in the chair and okay. whittling and not saying anything. Then, I could see um, that. But if you grew up in a city where everything is moving quickly and you have to... I you don't know, know because well, I, I think that makes a sense. lot... Uh, wait, because a waiting. large portion of a my life... Portion. A large? A large okay. portion of my life was in big cities. But I can okay. still be quiet. Well, okay, but you're a person. Someone told me one time, or maybe I read this, that people that don't like silence are uncomfortable with themselves. Is there? Do you guys see any any link into that? Like, if you if you're too quiet or by yourself, like I don't know what it. Maybe they're afraid to think of further thoughts. Or to me, I I don't know what that. To me, I just think they don't have an imagination. Same with people that say they're bored easy or whatever. Like I'm not a person that says that I'm bored or whatever because I just don't usually get bored. I get restless once in a while, but I don't get bored. Like I was kind of restless before the podcast, but I wasn't bored. Yeah, I think if you're comfortable being inside your own head. So I think some people aren't, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in your head. Mm, I can be uncomfortable in my head at times. I get restless. Yeah. And... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the audience a little bit now. So... Um, Heathen and I, there was one person that showed up to our movie group that I didn't want to sit next to. And I told Heathen, I said, let's wait for everyone to sit down and then let's sit in the very middle. <laughs> I felt bad because Matt was already sitting down. I said, don't sit down yet. Let's wait for everyone to sit down. And I did not want to sit. And so there. we went and sat in an empty row. And I will say the two people in front of us were perfect movie people. Every time I see perfect movie people, it makes me so happy because I know they exist. Just like the kids we saw at the one time. The guy, I don't even think moved. And the Neither mo- one of them. And the woman moved like a, like a couple times just to like kind of. That would have been right um, behind us. No, they're right in front of us. No, that so, would have been if we would have sat. Oh, that would have been horrible. And no one knows what you're talking about. So. I know. Um, but I was in a 360 degree in-depth bubble of noise, um, going two rows in every level. And it's weird because he then will go to a bar or a restaurant and she'll always comment on the music's too loud. Like she's sensitive to noise that way. And I never even noticed. I'm like, really? Like she even said it that night. She's like, the noise, the music was really loud at shenanigans again. I was like, I didn't notice. But yet, there were parts of the movie where I couldn't look at the movie. I had to look at the ground. I had to cover my eyes. I had to look into space because I felt like I was in a Looney Tunes cartoon or some sort of cartoon where the person's literally going crazy. Because it got to the point where all I could hear was noise and I couldn't stop focusing on it. Even the person we're trying to avoid, I couldn't hear him very well. He was two rows away. I still heard him going, hmm. hmm, Now, Matt, hmm." do you know how... (laughs) What happens if you don't pay attention unless somebody points it out to you? Like when like, somebody points uh, something out to you, then you're like, "Oh, now yeah. I know." Or, so, so the guy behind us ate something in a, a cardboard box. box. Yeah. The entire fucking <laughs> movie. I was wondering why you guys took off so quickly. 
It was, was me. Like, it wasn't Jesus Heather. It was Christ. me. <laughs> no, because we didn't want to sit next to John because he goes, hmm, hmm. And I don't really hmm. like talking to him after the movie either. But, hmm. um, but anyway, I was didn't want to do that because I really wanted to see this movie. Yeah. And I, you know, am on limited time with my hours. So we moved. Um, um, part of that for then me. Then Angie and her can you stop friend. Can using names, please? <laughs> a person and a movie group. Then a person in her movie group come and, comes and sit next to us with a big thing of popcorn, which is totally fine. Yeah. But she's got. Bangles. Bangles. Bangle bracelets. Every time. It's ding, ding, and ding, ding. Ding, 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 I'm, through the entire movie, and, and she ate the whole thing of And I'm hoping she doesn't listen to this podcast, and probably doesn't. The thing that I thought was weird about that was we had just eaten dinner beforehand. She had a, a decent-sized salad, like a salad that filled me up, and she was eating this popcorn like she hadn't eaten for two days. I mean, it was like ravenous. <laughs> it's the way I eat popcorn, honestly, but it was just jangle, 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 jangle. And also, people that eat popcorn, like, the they, don't even, movie, they don't even, even have that Even when bracelet. it was quiet. You can hear them scrape in the bucket. Because I eat popcorn pretty quietly. And then they were, they, and then she was talking to her friend through the whole thing, like. Oh, she's one of those person that says the obvious stuff. It's a fish. Um, even like Jackie doesn't even bother. Even though I've made, oh, see now I'm using names. Even though she doesn't really bother me, I just kind of make fun of her for saying the obvious because she doesn't do it a lot. It's once in a while to me that's almost funny because it's just like saying the obvious thing. Like that's how this person was doing. Is like, the fish are dead. I was like, yeah, we all saw the preview. Um, which is I'm going to get to after the audience thing was <laughs> was this thing, um, but yeah I think uh, okay so I'm going to point out from where I was sitting to my right one uh, row up was a young Asian couple where the girl was asking the guy every forty seconds what was going on. To their credit, they were really quiet, much quieter than other people I know that do this. I actually oh, could, except for the guy. That hey was- hey hey hey, can I finish? <laughs> yeah. So that part wouldn't have bothered me. Then, was- and then, as Heather was going to point out, I hate to yell into my microphone. I'm trying to get her from cutting me off because I'm trying to get my uh, layout from where I was sitting. The end of the row, there was a guy that was talking rather loudly to his partner. And there was one point in the film when Jason Bateman says, uh, don't worry about it. He's talking to his wife. He says, don't worry about it. It's all over. And he goes, it's not fucking over yet. Well, anyway, that's not what he said. But thanks for interrupting again. Um, but basically... Right behind me, the person right behind me had the never-ending candy box. And I never understand that when people eat loudly, I just keep thinking, it, it, it can't go on the whole movie. I felt like they were waiting till it was quiet to eat, too. <laughs> exactly. Because I've told Heathen, the more it bothers me, the more of a theater ninja I try to become. I open my candy before the movie starts, and I have it all ready. Um, and if I don't do that, if I forget, then I wait till like an explosion, yeah. and then I try to open it real quick. Um and then, uh, so, the people in front of me were great. Heather was actually okay. The two people beside, to my <laughs> left, okay. were, uh, were were noisy. And then just saying the obvious stuff, like, oh, oh the fish and, and stuff like that. And then, um, oh, yeah, I could hear I could hear the hoo-hoo. And then, I'm just, I already said her name, Jackie, who was, like, four rows away. And I barely, I mean, she didn't say that much. I even heard her, like, a couple times and, I, and yeah. honestly she didn't even bother me I, yeah i only me. noticed her a few times and john i didn't really notice at all maybe like once or twice it was the guy that was doing the the, the peanut gallery the comments mm-hmm. that i kind of 
laughed a little bit when when he I, said it, but then I was just kind of like, that was just kind of retarded. No, someone, I wanted to yell, shut the fuck. Someone up. said shh, and I don't know if it's the person he was with or yeah. or what. He was. It was. I don't. I, I didn't understand because he was like an older guy. He looked like a Vietnam kind of vet kind of guy, and he was with like someone twenty years older, younger, twenty or thirty years younger that was like Asian or half Asian, and I don't really know what was going on there. Uh, war trophy, perhaps. But, um, but yeah, he said, no, it ain't, you little shit. Or you stupid shit. That's what he said. No, it's not, you stupid shit. Um, <laughs> I wanted to yell, shut the fuck up. And then, uh, and then I told, and I told he, then I said, uh, let, let's just get, it. actually, we went out to the lobby. We waited about five seconds, literally. And then I said, let's just get out of here. <laughs> and then we did see Matt in the parking lot. And he then said, tell, tell, tell Matt. And I was like, tell Matt what? She's like, I don't know. Wave to him. Tell no, him goodbye. I was like, just wave. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like I should tell Matt something too. Like, sorry, I was such an asshole tonight. Actually, I was. This is off, so I'll try to keep this very um, short for the audience. But the dinner beforehand, the person that I didn't want to see in the movie uh, was sitting somewhat close to me, and <laughs> Matt had had to sit with him the the day before. And when Matt came into the dinner. I jokingly said, "You have a space here," and then I told Heath, and I was like, "I'm not going to do that to him again." And I kind of, I kind of moved over. Um, I should have sat where you were sitting, and you should have sat where I was sitting. Yeah, but it's and just everybody would have been no, very not me. Happy. My ear. Part of the reason I was so irritated during the movie is I was already warmed up from listening to this guy talk during the dinner. Okay, so we um, all agree that we're just going to drop him from the movie group. I'll send him yeah. a message and be like, "All right, all right, that's enough." Um, other movie etiquette. This didn't happen this time, but the movie we saw. What was the movie with the sunflower seeds, Heathen? That that I made us move like eight rows away. Was that Pixels? Um, or was it Trainwreck? Anyway, Heathen and I went to a movie, and the guy again. I don't know if he was right behind me or right behind me into a seat, but he was he was chewing sunflower seeds. And I think this is about the worst thing you can do during a movie, other than talk the whole time, because it is crunch. And spit. The crunching's not so bad, but the fucking spitting every five <laughs> seconds. And maybe you can spit quietly. And I posted this on Facebook, and someone I know is like, I do that. And I was like, then you're a horrible person. This is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. Is a, is a guy... Hearing someone, hearing someone spit is not a pleasant sound, I don't think. I don't think there's like... There's a lot of weird sounds people like, like like uh, rain falling and waterfalls and babies crying and mean people. But Good. I don't think anyone likes the sound of someone spitting. No, Go to a drive-in if you want to do that crap. Just swallowing. And <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes the sound of spitting. <laughs> or if it's just once, you know? If it was once... If Never. Like, if, if if he was going down on his buddy and he spit it, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> My grandmother raised me right. <laughs> but I'm talking about constant spitting. Like one spit, just like the guy that made the one line comment. Okay, it's once. You're done or whatever. Like uh, Jackie saying one or two things. It's, it's fine. But when it's, it's like when you're waiting for the faucet to drop, uh, you know, the drips. You're like, when's the next spit coming? And, um, and it goes along with the thing that he and I have talked about. You spend money to enjoy yourself. You go to a dinner to enjoy yourself. You go to a movie to enjoy yourself. Just because someone else spent money doesn't mean they should ruin your time. Because they think that because they spent money, they can do whatever they want. They can spit. They can put their feet on the back of your chair. They can talk. They can... Um, Bring their babies. Yeah, they can do whatever. Because they think because they... margaritas on you. They think because they spent money that, that gives them the right to do whatever they want. But that's not... I mean, even going back to... I mean political theory that's not the way things work you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't affect anyone else that's thomas Paine, i think 
You can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't affect someone else. Someone else's um, your your liberty, your freedom. Uh-huh. You have the freedom and liberty to do anything you want as long as your freedom and liberty doesn't affect someone else's freedom and liberty. So Basically, you have the freedom can, to spit. I but can now, throw uh-huh. as far as your nose, but the moment I touch you, then oh, that's not really what I'm talking about. Okay, but. sorry. But yeah, basically, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what I'm talking that's about. That's loosely based. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you have the ability, you have the freedom to eat sunflowers while you watch a movie, just not in a theater when mm-hmm. everybody else around you is going to have to listen to you sit there and crack shells and, and spit. spit. Yeah, so do it at home, like you're saying, or do it in another corner of the theater that's quiet, or just do it very quietly. I'm sure there's a way to I spit didn't quietly. I hear that. If you would have said something, I'm going to turn oh. around and be like, when you stop... No, I, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't take it. Uh, the only I other time I would have said something. Everybody knows. I kick babies out of there. I think that's. I will do it. About the worst I've had, other than the girls at Jack the Giant Slayer, they were awful. And then the loud popcorn eater, I feel kind of bad about at Foxcatcher. Um, this is what it was like in the top list. This the sunflower. So please, if you're listening at home, don't eat sunflower seeds at the theater. And if you do, just do it quietly. Because I think Tanya no. also said that she... If you uh, eat sunflower seeds, eat the shell too. No. And then just quietly spit just, all of them just, out. That's what just, I do. Yeah, do it's it crazy. I do can. it... I don't know. Yeah, I usually... I do the chipmunk thing. So I, I yeah. put a hand or you know a small handful of seeds in my mouth mm-hmm. and I'll crack them and then you move the shells to the other side and then I'll just spit out all of them at one time as right. opposed to one at a time. It's like being quiet. And it could be, and I don't think this is it, it could be for like 2% of the population. Some people don't realize how loud they are. Uh, You know, like, uh, I don't know what comedy this was, but the, um, it might have been, it sounds like a Seinfeld thing, but the loud whisperer. uh, My dad's one of those. My dad is one of those that um, will tell me something he thinks no one else can hear and everyone can hear and it's always extremely racist or extremely in bad taste i won't say the racist thing but i remember him and i walking one time on the river a jogger coming towards us and he goes hey kevin let's rape this girl and uh (laughs) that's his kind of humor too um and she heard it and i just could see it in her eyes and And uh, he didn't think she could now matt we see what happened (laughs) With what? We didn't rape anyone. No, with the uh, festival we went to. What are you talking about? What was the festival we went to? And he's like, I'm going to do this, this and this. And they're like, oh, we love that song. Oh, no, it was. um, What are you talking about? (laughs) It was a. um, Sorry, never mind. I don't know. If it comes back to you, let me know. I've got a rank for you, Heathen. Well, one, one last thing. Okay. I mean, it ha- it, it's not just the theater, too. Like, we have a, a toe tapper at work, but you, you've got people that, you know, are toe tappers, and they don't realize they're doing it, and... <laughs> yeah, and and it can go into personal space type of things, too. Um, guys have a bad thing, especially, you know, when I'm with a lot of guys. The guys that, okay, uh, three of you get in the back seat of a car... And I'm usually the one that doesn't do this because I don't. I guess it's a guy uh, trying to uh, go back to his caveman roots and and um, show uh, get dominance of a territory. So three guys in the back of a little car, and two of the guys just have to open their legs as wide as they can, like that's their space. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that. Like people that 
just have to take up all the room in limited room. I, I think that's kind of the same thing. They have too. to let because I'm always just you know there's third. There, we, each of us have a third of the car, so you know I'll sit like this the whole time. That's fine. All of us have a third, but then the other guys are you know all spread eagle. Because I, I don't, I really don't know. I think it's some sort of like weird uh, uh, orangutan dominance thing. I don't get it. Some guys, anyway. Ready for your five, heathen? The five. So if you are in a um, cover band, if you were in Tarzan at the Salt Lick, and you were why didn't I get this? Can you stop interrupting? <laughs> so if you were Tarzan at the Salt Lake and you were in a cover band, I'm going to give you five cover songs. You tell me which songs you would be your, uh, like, the first one, you're like, we're going to do this one. And then the fifth, you know, the worst ones are going to be like, I really, I really don't want to do this. So here are the five songs. Heart of Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis in the News. Tom Sawyer by Rush. Wait. You don't need to write all these down. Can I have that? You don't need to write all these down. Bed of Nail. Just listen. Use your listening skills. <laughs> Heart of Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis. Tom Sawyer by Rush. Bed of Nails by Alice Cooper. Sober by Tool. Or Fuck You Like a Dinosaur by Unmissing Link. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, if you were in a cover band and you had Rick Springfield as your guitar player. Well, first of all, uh, no... Bed of nails. Oh, ow. So is that number uh, five? Uh, ow. Is that number yeah, five? Okay. N- no. No. <laughs> oh my god. That's the worst thing I've ever heard Are in we, my entire life. Uh, Matt, have you heard this shit? Can you go on to number four? This is a thirty second bit. <laughs> um and really I'm I'm saying that Ellis Cooper is worse than Rush. <laughs> so Tom Sawyer would be number four. Yes. All right. I'm glad fuck you like a dinosaur is making it through the rings. <laughs> it's kind of a loaded. Fuck rank. you like a dinosaur. Number three. It's not, not bad. Number Spons. two. Hard to rock and roll. All right. And uh, sober. Tool. So, so you'd like to sing sober? So I know you like that. I know you like Tool. And that's the thing with the list. Is there's a difference between liking a song and wanting to perform a song. Yeah. Because there's a lot of songs I like I that I can't I perform. The, the only I could do both. The only karaoke song I've ever done in my life was a Linkin Park song, and I love Linkin Park. <laughs> Would never have picked them to do uh, karaoke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, occasionally, because I don't really do karaoke, I'm too I'm too shy for it. But once in a while, there'll be a song in the car, and I'll be like, I could do this karaoke, and it's always a song that I don't like. Yeah. Really, it's just the range is pretty easy, or it's my range. A lot of times, it's like. Um, Kind of goth eighty shit like Depeche Mode. I was like, I could do personal Jesus. You could Jesus. do bed of nails. Ow, ow, um, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Oh my god. There's a lot of theatrics what? to that song. I've seen him do it live <laughs> no. like three times. No. Um, no. My number one would be "Fuck You Like a Dinosaur," and my number five would probably be uh, Tom Sawyer. No. I hate Rush. Okay. Everything about Rush. <laughs> All right. No one got the secret word. Let's go to Lasco. Lasco. <laughs> Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Uh, this secret word, I've already said it is five letters. And I think I said last work it could be associated with food. It might be more often associated with dessert. Fruit? Nope. <laughs> Matt? Cream? 
You only get one chance. <laughs> Dessert. Um, chocolate. That's not five lighters. Heathen, any Surf? Heathen, any last words? I hate Rush. I really do. <laughs> Rush isn't that bad, but uh, they are Canadian, and the guy does have a high voice. Um, uh, Matt, any last words? And the Alice Cooper song. Nope. Imagine oh. Rush doing Alice Cooper. Imagine if Rush did that better than song. I get to go to California next week, so it'll, it's been a while. That's it'll good. Be, it'll be fun. Um, I don't really have any last words. We haven't posted our movie for next week. Heathen is going on late night for the rest of forever. So Half my life. For the reason we will only do late night Tuesday movies and weekends. We probably will be doing uh, Straight Outta Compton next week for the podcast. That may be next week's movie as well. Um, there isn't a whole lot else out right now. It's uh, Man From Uncle, um, Straight Outta Compton, and uh, Fantastic Four, really. Mm. So it's Man From Uncle isn't like a, a shitty choice. I don't really want to see it, but it's not a shitty choice. But obviously we're not going to see Fantastic Four. We can also do a Netflix movie. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Eugene does want to come back and do Netflix at some point. But I think for next week we'll still be doing Straight Outta Compton because there is already a song for next week's podcast. Why is Last Word always become Heathen's entry into our diary? <laughs> it's so horrible. No. Every time. <laughs> and they change It's like, my... i got to get this off anyway, my chest. My mom do. doesn't want to go see Ricky and the Flash. No, I do. <laughs> I do. My new man. Heathen, please. Can we training. Until Eight next time, everybody, keep it wet. All my neighbors are fast asleep And I can't find anything to drink Mackenzie's drank all the great alcohol So I'm headed down the street to first call Me and the bad words
what that is. I ask you if you have last words at every time. You're like, nope. Actually, this time you did have something to say that you hate Rush and Alice Cooper, but then you want to go on a 15-minute Dear Diary entry like it's fucking Sex in the City. And I was like, how many times are you going to fucking ask it? The same thing with the wine. You're here of all these. And, um, and then this is just a little thing. No. Don't ask the same question every single time. <laughs>